0: From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud thunder, Gary Johnston. And let me welcome you back to the Cannabis Podcast for one more visit, if this is a return visit for you, perhaps this is your first time here. Well, if that's the case, let me offer you an especially warm welcome. You're about to discover 30 or 40 minutes of a whole bunch of cannabis information. So if that's what you're looking for, you found the right place. Let me remind you this program is intended only for those 19 or older in your jurisdiction and is intended purely for entertainment purposes. You should always consume your cannabis responsibly. And speaking of responsible cannabis consumption, the impetus for today is actually uh, two weeks of cured cannabis space cookies out of the garden. Tasted pretty darn good, nice and sticky weed, and pretty good effect. So that is the inspiration for today, which leads me into the other topics we're talking about today. First of all, our feature interview. You're going to be introduced to Elad Barak, CEO and Chief Technical Officer of Dijot, D-J-O-T. Dijot is a company that has created a device that will allow you to accurately add THC or CBD to any beverage. We're going to have a discussion on that. Guess what? Health Canada still has not started their review of the Cannabis Act, which was supposed to start, I think, about 18 months ago. (laughs) Maybe just six months ago. We have a story on that. Plus, I don't often talk about celebrities and their cannabis use, but I found this interesting. A story from MaryJane.com on Woody Harrelson opening his first pot shop and lounge down in California. We are going to have a bit of a discussion amongst ourselves about what recently happened in B.C. with the B.C. General Employees Union Strike and the effect it had on the legal on the, I'm trying to use the right word because some people don't like it to be called the legal cannabis industry. The provincially approved cannabis industry, let's use that term, definitely had an impact on that and we are going to talk about that. A scaled down version of Cultivar Corner today for Ritual Greens Lemon Haze and scaled down because apparently Gary forgot to save the file. That's coming up on Cultivar Corner and we're going to finish with a story. <laughs> I finally bought another bong, added a banger to that to decide that i'm going to do some dabs (laughs) and i'll tell you the story about the first time i tried to do some dabs all of that and more on episode 105 of the cannabis podcast well if you have been paying any attention to news in british columbia over the last two to three weeks you are aware that the bc general employees union was on strike against the government And the strike action they had taken was very effective. They decided to picket the distribution centers for both liquor and cannabis in the province, impacting restaurants, liquor stores, which was what we heard about mostly through the first part of the strike. And of course, also impacting cannabis stores because no store provincially regulated, licensed by the province and approved by the municipalities, received any cannabis over the last two weeks because the pickets were around the distribution centers. That took stock dangerously low in some cases. There were many stores, unfortunately, that had to lay off staff, large portions of staff because they ran out of stock. This is the part that made it even more difficult in the fact that the strike was underway. Hoping for resolution, of course, that would solve it, and then there wouldn't be any further issues. But as the strike was beginning, there was now talk, and and by date, it was the time that the direct delivery program in BC was supposed to be enabled, and you were able to do that. And there were a number of LPs and, and companies that jumped forward and got themselves approved for direct delivery. A whole bunch of them did. And so then, when no cannabis was accessible through the standard access, through the liquor and cannabis distribution centers... People started to get excited about. Well, we can get our our supply now from the from the LPs. We can do our direct delivery and still keep our stores running. And then they threw a hook into that. <laughs> the 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 emotional ride that went through the people to the industry over this period of time is absolutely astounding. So. We thought that we were going to be able to do delivery and then the province put a pause on that. Literally, called everybody up and said, no, hang on a sec. Even if you have been approved, we're putting a pause on that for the moment. Just wait. That was when we first started to hear some noise in the media in BC about the fact that cannabis was impacted, if if not as much, perhaps more than liquor was in this instance. We finally started to hear some of that. And I think it was that that anger and that blowback that over the course of, so that I think that was on a Thursday or yeah, I think it was a Thursday or Friday. And over the course of the weekend, little things started to leak out on Twitter and Instagram. That people were hearing, you know what? They might be rethinking the direct delivery program that might become available next week. And so people started to get excited again about that prospect. And uh, which, which invigorated everybody, because we were dealing with a bad stock situation. So the weekend went by, the weekend ended, and sure enough, they did go forward with the direct delivery program. That has now been enabled. A number of LPs are doing it. We, in fact, have got some stock from them. And then at almost the same time, as the direct delivery was now re-enabled and people could access cannabis through that, they announced that the pickets were coming down from the distribution centers. And lo and behold, we're going to start to get product once more from the BC Cannabis Liquor Distribution Center. In fact, we, we got an order that arrived, I think two days after that, which, which totally blew us away. And that allowed us to only have two days where we reduced the hour, two or three days where we reduced the hours of the store. And now everybody's back, everybody's back to full schedule. And many of the other cannabis stores are doing the same thing. Although as I drove around town today, I, I still saw that some were closed. So it had a real impact. And as we spoke about in the last episode, where I predicted that the fact that direct delivery was gonna just take off like crazy by the end of the year. I think it's already started. And in fact, when when it first got paused, I thought, oh no, sure. (laughs) I said, it's gonna just go wild and now it's not even gonna happen. So I'm glad they took the pause off. I still follow that direct delivery is going to be huge in this province. And I think a lot of retailers are now rethinking their relationship with the BCLDB or the BCLCDB because they're realizing if we can do direct delivery with LPs themselves, get the same cannabis and know that we have that conduit between the two of us without having anybody in between. I think many stores are going to start to look at that as their bigger source of cannabis. Still have to go through the BCLCDB for certain products, of course. But I think the percentage of how much they participate may in fact be impacted by what just happened. And that may not have been the government's original intent. So that's a summary of what has happened in the last little bit here in BC. Affected a lot of people. There were a lot of people who who lost their jobs temporarily, some permanently. And that's never a good thing in any industry. And of course, it took that that moment where there was suspicion about whether or not this industry was simply going to collapse because it had no more supply. And that also was, I think, one of the things that finally spurred the government on to realize that they had better get back to the table and hopefully they will continue to negotiate and they will resolve that dispute. And we won't have to deal with a cannabis access lack anymore in the province of BC. And let's throw out some kudos to those LPs that are ready to rock that are already producing and delivering product through the direct delivery program. Good on ya! I hope it's just going to expand even more in the future. From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Where I would like to send out some thank yous. Thank you to Tony. You may remember Tony from last episode when we introduced the Your Cannabis Story segment. Well, Tony decided to thank me even more. Bought me a doobie. Hey, thanks, Tony. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate the fact that you're a listener and that you shared your cannabis story. Apparently, I may have anticipated more interest in that than, than actually exists. <laughs> Since the mailbox is not overflowing with uh, cannabis stories at the moment, if you would like to share yours, I'd still would like to hear it. Feel free to send it to info at cannabispodcast.com. And again, Tony, thanks for buying me a doobie. And also thanks to Jim. Jim bought me three doobies. Thanks a lot, Jim. Appreciate that you're here for the ride, too, and glad that you're enjoying yourself. And now, allow me to introduce you to Elad Barak. Elad is the CEO and CTO of DeJot. He's a visionary and innovator with exceptional abilities to lead teams and implement complex strategies combining business and technology. Elad's experience includes developing spacecraft, manufacturing jet planes, and robots, along with various business development leadership roles in clean tech and cannabis. I welcomed Elad to the Cannabis Podcast and we pick up the conversation just after I asked him how his cannabis journey began.
1: I've been using cannabis uh, for a big part of my life at at this point. Um, I started, like most of us, as a a recreational user. Uh, And through time, I learned that I can also, when I feel bad, kind of like uh, self-medicate, but not with a lot of knowledge. Um, I had some, some stomach issues that I wasn't sure where they're coming from. And uh, a few years ago, I, I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease and, and afterwards also my doctor recommended uh, that I take cannabis. Uh, I started taking medical cannabis. I got really educated about it and that uh, grew my interest to not only be a consumer, but also be part of the industry. Um, so I left, uh, I was working in the clean tech at that stage and I, I left and went into the cannabis industry
0: your background very interesting for for those in the cannabis industry give us a a sense of your background outside of cannabis elad
1: so originally i am from israel uh and in israel we all go through the military service i was an officer in the military uh when i completed my my service i went to work for the israeli embassies i worked for israeli embassy in mexico city and then in kiev i did that for two and a half years uh and when i came back to israel i got my undergrad in management of technology and then a masters where i focused on system engineering through that time i started working in the aerospace industry i worked mainly in spacecrafts operating them kind of like houston we have a problem just there's no people up there right just uh, it's just a machine but yeah i had got the chance to work also on jet planes and then went to a small startup that does robotics and really fell in love with the startup you know life and approach From there, kind of rolled into Canada, I got my MBA here, and all of my jobs post-MBA are in business, but always business that is uh, heavily based on tech, where I can use my skills from tech and my knowledge from tech uh, combined with that business knowledge that I gained.
0: And so then it must have been fascinating for you to have that already knowledge and understanding and, and need for cannabis. And, and now you, you're heavily into the tech industry. You kind of brought them both together with with what you're talking about. So let's talk about the product that you were introducing next year and the company that you formed, Jot. Give us the background on that.
1: I was working in the cannabis industry for another company that was uh, doing cannabis beverages. And I thought there's a better way to do it. Um, so I started Jot. We were working on a beverage originally. And as we were working on the beverage, we understood that we're not giving the right product to consumers because we understood that what we're doing is we're adding cannabis to the beverage really at the last part of the process. And what we are asked to do is to guess the flavor and the dose that our consumers want. So we thought, why not give them small vials where they can mix their own beverages? But we understood we're still missing that dosing mechanism and also in Canada you can't sell more than 10 milligrams so we had some regulatory challenges um, and as we were thinking about that we thought why not dispense it to people why not give them the opportunity to mix their own beverages we looked for a product to buy and as we couldn't find one we decided to to develop our own so we developed a essentially a dispenser in a pod that can mix any beverage with cannabis um, this is our dispenser it's a one-time purchase I'll just kind of compare it to my phone one second so it's really small. And this is the, you know, the founder's edition. We just finished our redesign. Um, as everything is working right now, we're designing the outside. So it's, it's more consumer-facing. You buy a pod with your favorite brand. We'll talk about that in a bit. These pods slide completely inside the dispenser. They click in. It's very fun. You turn it on and there's a small screen. It essentially, tells me what pod I have inside and how many milligrams I'm going to dispense. Not milliliters. There's no math. I just choose the milligrams. So if I want to take, this is seven, two milligrams right now. I put it above my beverage. and Did did you see that?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's very cool. And then
1: I can just, you know, dial it up to four milligrams if I want or five. And you'll see there's more drops right now. So very simple. I have zero math to do in my head. I just need to choose the milligrams. I'm good to go. It's very accurate. Um, And the nice thing is that, for example, if I want CBD, I can take this spot out that has THC, put a CBD one in, put this one afterwards.
0: Okay, then. So completely interchangeable.
1: Yeah, completely interchangeable. Uh, so if I bought a thousand milligrams, I can use just five and use the 995 tomorrow. Uh, I can track everything on my mobile phone so I know what I'm doing. Um, and if I allow the companies, then the companies can start learning about their consumers and have better relations with them. So there's a lot of really interesting things we can do with this.
0: You mentioned the 10 milligram Canadian limit before, so then I take it the device will not deliver more than 10 milligrams per activation?
1: The device in Canada will not deliver more than 10 milligrams per activation. (laughs) Nice. Um, We are a global company, so in each place we go, we adapt to the regulation. Uh, It's very simple because it is a software block, essentially, so we can write in each pod. The limit according to the, the territory of where it is manufactured and it will tell the dispenser I'm from Canada you can't do more than 10 milligrams so you can't even bring a dispenser from another country it won't work it has to be uh, the legal amount and then if there is a place where the limit is 20 milligrams we'll limit it at 20 so we're very flexible for
0: that. so for those users who may be like myself and require more than 10 milligrams to feel an effect is the device limited can I do multiple 10 milligram activations
1: You can absolutely do multiples Um, and it's very important. I think it's a great question because a lot of times we misunderstand the regulations. The regulations are not about limiting the consumers and how much they're consuming, especially not in Canada. This is a liberal country that allows you to, to do what you want. They just want to make sure that you are an educated consumer. So they have decided right or wrong is a different question that the maximum dose that you should purchase is 10 milligrams. You should know that as a consumer, you're never going to get more than 10 milligrams, and that is a safety mechanism for nobody overdosing or taking more than they want. And overdosing is the right term. But there's nowhere in the regulation where it says you're not allowed to consume more than 10 milligrams. Exactly like you're allowed to buy a pack of three pre rolls and smoke all of them at once if you want. Nobody's telling you not to do that. So yeah, you can press 10 milligrams five times and have 50 milligrams. And you know what? For those of us that need that, have you know bigger dose. If you have the droppers or the bottles where you need to put it upside down and count drops, counting 100 drops is just impossible. No, <laughs> honestly, it is. It's impossible. So so yes, this is the solution.
0: I, I chuckle because that's one of the biggest complaints we get from consumers who are buying a, an oil, for example, and, and they're told to count the drops as they come out, and they absolutely detest it and, and hate the process. So that's a very good point, Elad.
1: The thing is they get it wrong, usually.
0: They, they absolutely do. They, they do get it wrong. There's no question about that. So when did the idea for Dijot first come to you?
1: I would say half a year in, as we were working, um, we we started the the concept that, hey, there's something wrong, as I mentioned, we wanted to change into vials and then we wanted to change, you know, we kind of thought that's great, but what about the dosing? Um, There was an understanding and, you know, just for the conversation that there may be a case that you want to take two milligrams and I want to take 20 or 30. And if we both get the same can of beverage I'm going to have to drink way more than you and run to the washroom more than you. It just won't work. You know, it's not sessionable. It doesn't allow us to, to have a fun drink together. Other things that we saw that were missing in dentistry is a lot of the ready to drinks, the RTDs that we have are either supposed to replace alcohol or just for more, you know, consumption in the evening. They're mostly, you know, replacing those ones. And it's not only about the flavor and the dose, it's also about the occasion. And, and we allow you to do it in the morning. It's a morning ritual for a lot of us. It's an afternoon ritual. It's, it's before you go to sleep. Um, so when we understood that all of these things are important, we really understood that what we're doing is the right thing. And we just pivoted the company completely. Uh, we dropped everything else we were doing. We were working with, other, with some licensed producers and trying to put a cannabis beverage, and we just we dropped it. We thought it's the wrong approach for us and changed only to this.
0: What consumers are you after with the John?
1: Oh, that that question is uh, you know a, a love and hate relationship for me. I don't like the question at all, um, and people don't like the answer I'm going to give. But but this is why I love what we're doing. This is for everyone. When we started this, we were always sure that our biggest consumers are going to be you know the kind of curious, the new consumers. But from our first testing, we did a concept testing. The results showed that daily consumers get it. They get it right away, and they love it. We had the highest results with them, results that are above any kind of like, um, you know, benchmark you would want to get in CPG or alcohol, right? And and this has been consistent in different tests that we've been doing. So it's very interesting that we're for the the new users and the experienced users, for the light users that want to take the one or two milligrams, but also for the ones that want to take 50 milligrams. And I really like to compare it to, to Apple. You know, you can see uh, a student with Apple or a business person. You can see a young person or a very old person. Uh, you can really see everybody from society with Apple. And I think that's something we strive to have as well for product. This is for everyone. I really designed something that I'm going to be happy to go with. I hope you will be happy to go with My mom will enjoy this product. Um, I really see this for everyone. I don't want to focus on one type of consumer.
0: Totally makes sense. You want it to be ubiquitous in in essence and wouldn't be wonderful if we got to that stage. Will there be the ability for a consumer to fill one of those pods or uh, that's going to be completely out of that that process? It'll be up to LPs to fill those.
1: Yeah, so LPs or or multi-state operators or essentially any company that is legally allowed to deal with cannabis will buy the pods emptied from us. Uh, It's important to mention that Jot doesn't touch the plant and we don't have our own cannabis. We just manufacture the right. the dispenser. Dispenser the pod. Um, so companies will buy it empty and they will fill it and then sell it to consumers. The pods have to be filled properly so we can make sure that when we tell you that you're getting one milligram, you get one milligram. If we let consumers do it, we're risking that it's not going to happen. In addition, there's a mechanism to dispense liquid from the pod. Each pod has its own mechanism integrated internally. That's mm-hmm. part of the requirements by the regulations. Um, and that mechanism can work a period of time but if you refill it and refill it at some stage it won't work so yeah. that's the reason we're we're filling it ourselves uh, but we can recycle it which is great it's mainly plastic and the other great thing is when you use a pod you can replace 100 bottles of 10 milligrams so with wow. one pill, you can replace 100 bottles not only the plastic or the cans that they contain but right. also transferring all that liquid across you know the different distances right so it's a very green approach
0: and because you can you can fill it with a thousand milligrams that that's that's yeah. a nice total i like that yeah so yeah. you've got a prototype have have you had it in in people's hands and what kind of reaction have you had to the device
1: yeah absolutely so th- this is way more than a prototype we've actually done uh full manufacturing of this so this is manufactured with uh, with a mold with real plastic all the electronics are done by machine there's no uh human hand involved the one thing that's missing probably is the design factor we were here to show that it works. So all the design is, is, is done by, by me, and, and it shows. <laughs> but, but right now what we've done is uh, we hired a boutique firm from Toronto that did industrial design. So it's, it's, it looks like a product from 2022. It's ergonomic. There's a big screen. It's, it's everything you want it to be, right? It allows it to be a ritual for yourself. Um, but this product is completely operational. It works. We have 200 of them. We've actually uh, given it to a few of the CEOs of MSOs in the States and got great response. We were talking with two MSOs at the moment. After our uh, Miami event, we gave it to the team in Benzinga in Miami, and they loved it. They invited us for a podcast and and gave us really uh, strong words on our product. We gave it to them with Real Cannabis to try it out. And here in, in Canada, we gave it to a bunch of our friends, more for a technical test. We wanted to make sure that it works you know we we only accepted friends that agreed to use it on a daily basis for, for test and yeah it, it works great you know um all, all, all the responses are good so far so we still have a few more that we're giving away for for testing yeah working on the new design right now
0: i bet that you're never finished with the design <laughs> until the product is finally released when do you expect release
1: we are uh on track to be uh by q1 of next year on the market we're working right now, as I mentioned, with a few companies for partnerships. Uh, we're talking in Canada of a few companies. Some of them are in a really advanced level right now. And I, I do believe we'll see it uh, in Q1. From a mechanical perspective, we're there. It's just a bit work. like. But all the R&D is done. It's just that now we're just doing the design and we need to remanufacture everything because we want it to be a product that you're proud of. That If you want to be discreet, you can. But if you want to leave it on the table and say, this is me and I'm jotting, you know, you'd know, you be proud, right? So yeah. that's a that good approach.
0: I can see myself being a proud jot user uh, in the future. I think it's a fabulous device. It has. It sounds like it has, has a lot of versatility and a lot of usefulness in the cannabis space, but I suspect you're not just gonna stop at the cannabis space, are you? You, you probably have know, some absolutely. future innovations.
1: Yeah, so this innovation specific, we wanna take to other places. For us, we started in cannabis and we see a huge use case for this in cannabis there, there's a big white space but this product is, is more than cannabis and, and we understand that we, we define ourselves as a health tech company so you can do vitamins with this you can do uh, supplements sleeping aids psychedelics where microdosing and really personalizing the experience is so important um, you can take this for otc uh, a lot of examples I like to give are around Tylenol or Edvil, where we're all expected to take the same pill, but what if your head hurts 150% or just 50% and you, you can't really adjust it. And, and these pills are not that healthy for us. Sometimes we need them, but they're not the healthiest. So at least if you can personalize. And, and then there's medication at hospital or at home. And, you know, there we like to give the example of opioids where I can block if I want. I can block you from using it on the dispenser on the pod for four hours. I can tell you, hey... If you need an extra dose, you can contact through the app, the doctor. And if they approve it, they can open that extra dose for you. If you take care of a, of a family member that's a bit older and they need to take medication every day at eight and they didn't use it. I can give you a notification. Call your family member. Make sure everything's okay. So there's so much more we can do with this. And, and we want to take this to all these industries. We believe this is going to be a household product for, for everyone eventually.
0: Yeah. Very, very cool. Sounds, sounds like a real innovation. Congratulations on, on the work that you've achieved to date. Thank you. So if you don't mind, Elad, I'd like to finish with my hot seat questions. Just some three or four quick questions looking for a response. For example, do you have a favorite cultivar?
1: Um, I, I, you know, I'm a medical user and I, I purchased uh Tega, the, the green organic Dutchman. Um, I find them to be really good. They're consistent, high quality. Um, so, so I would say that one. I do buy a bunch of the craft ones here and there on the weekend. I don't drink alcohol, but that's kind of like my my fun is to go and buy a, a craft pre-roll. But for my daily medical consumption tea you got.
0: Do you do the sugar bush? Do you do the cherry mints? Is there a particular one of those that you prefer?
1: You know what? They have different branding on the medical market. They use cities from uh, Amsterdam, so uh, from Holland. So they have Amsterdam and Rotterdam.
0: Oh, and Rotterdam. That's true. Yeah, I have, have that yeah, as so well. One indica,
1: one sativa. Um, and you know, you don't need to agree or not, or disagree with the Indica and the Sativa, but I do think that one of them helps a bit more calm. The body and is better before sleep. And one is a bit, yeah,
0: you know, yeah. More confused, and, a and that is a whole different discussion, <laughs> whether yeah. or not you agree with the indicator or Sativa, do you prefer edibles or flour? And I think I know the answer to this one.
1: I, I, I combine, and, and I think that answer is important because I, sometimes I get asked, will you stop vaping when you have your product? And the answer is no. And I'm not going to convince anybody that I'm going to stop other people from smoking, maybe some. But I think I'm going to give a combination. So I love adding this to my morning coffee, but I also vape throughout the day. I'm a medical user. I a lot of times I need to vape. I have a lot of stomach pain. Um, yeah. But and would
0: vape you say vapey lead, Are you referring to a dry herb vaporizer?
1: Only dry herb vaporizer, not, not the oils. And um, yeah, I, I will occasionally smoke my pre-roll on the weekend. But again, I, I drink zero alcohol. So that's kind of like...
0: Okay, excellent. And um, I'm going to, uh, the next one was going to be joint or pong, but I don't think that you would prefer either a joint or a pong based on our discussion so far.
1: You know, I, I, I think cannabis has two functions for me one is medical, one is recreational. And, and I can really differentiate when I'm doing each one of them. Uh, I would not use the bunk for anything medical, probably, because uh, you're usually not in that even mood of doing that. But once in a long while, I, I won't mind hitting the bunk.
0: Okay. And uh, I'm interested in your answer to this question, because as you say, you're originally from Israel. I find across our country, there's different references to the how much 3.5 grams of cannabis is. For example, in BC, it's called an eighth. Do you have a common reference to 3.5 grams of cannabis?
1: Um, (laughs) Just expensive. That's what I can say.
0: (laughs) That's a good Uh, response. (laughs)
1: Israel cannabis is very expensive. It used to be way more expensive. Uh, when I still live there, I've been in Canada for the last eight years, but I know from friends and family that while it is still expensive, it's a bit uh, not as expensive, I would say, and also better quality than it was a few years ago. Um, but we don't go for three and a half grams because we're not, uh, you know, we're not neighbors with the United States. So everything there goes in like five grams, 10 grams, like those kind of um, multi
0: I've noticed that with my medical, that it's predominantly 5 grams that's available often rather than the 3.5, so, so I understand what you mean. Yeah. I'm glad we finally got together and had the conversation, Elad, and uh, it is a fascinating story with, with what you've done at DeJot. I wish you all kinds of success with it in the future. Do you have any final words to share with the Cannabis Podcast audience?
1: You know, I'd be happy to invite everybody to look up our website, www.jot.com. It's D-J-O-T. And yeah, if you're interested in more details, you can reach us up on LinkedIn.
0: Well, thank you so much, sir. You enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you, you too. And I have included the link to dejot.com in the show notes. Go take a look. You'll get to see the actual dispenser that Elad was talking about. Pretty cool device. Could be exciting when it arrives next year. THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Go to corner. Cut to the Corner, oh yeah. Cultivar Corner, please explain this stuff to me. Well, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> there has been the occasional time where I have been embarrassed over the course of this podcast. And I guess I can blame it on cannabis. Because I recorded an episode of Cultivar Corner for this meaning to have it on this episode. It was a strain from a company called Ritual Green Cannabis out of Nova Scotia. It was their Lemon Haze, and, and it was quite good. I quite enjoyed it. I thought the cultivar corner was pretty good, too. But, alas, in my search through my many files that I have in my computer, somehow or other that one has gold darn disappeared. And what makes it equally embarrassing is that I, of course, have smoked all the rest of the lemon haze because I really enjoyed it. So in this case, Cultivar Corner is going to be a bit weird because you're not going to hear me smoking and talking about it. Well, actually, you'll hear me talking about it, but you won't hear me smoking because it's all gone. (laughs) But I can tell you with some authority, uh, it was very delightful. Lemon haze by Ritual Green is a potent sativa-dominant strain created by crossbreeding the powerful silver haze and lemon skunk strains. Lemon haze has delicate, slightly airy flowers covered in trichomes that are yellow and green in color with amber hairs. And I do remember pulling those out of the bag, and it was very abundant. The chirps on that were about 4%. In fact, that was one of the lovely things about the label from Ritual Green is that they literally put the information right on the label and the chirps were 4.07%. And the other nice thing that they're doing at ritualgreen.ca is you go to their menu called Crafted Patches and you can put in the lot of what you've got. And I put in the lot for Lemon Haze, still have the packaging for it, (laughs) even though I smoked all the weed. The packaging for it, I put in the lot number and that gives me even further details, which were duplicated on the label. I thought that was pretty cool, too. So Lemon Skunk and Silver Haze, the lineage, the strain is Lemon Haze, Sativa Dominant, THC, 28.02%. And those total terps we talked about, 4.07. Myrcene, 1.83. Alpha Pinene, 0.62. Alpha Caryophyllene, 0.52. And Beta Pinene, 0.30 and as i inhaled this cannabis i found the smoke really really smooth didn't have a whole lot of uh, citrus notes in the smoke itself but of course once i put things into the crafty plus and fired up the vaporizer it definitely had some of those citrusy notes and let's give you a bit more of the description of what they talk about with this so lemon haze has delicate slightly airy flowers covered in trichomes that are yellow and green in color with amber hairs and as the name suggests has an intense lemony aroma with a bit of fruitiness when given a gentle squeeze, and of course, I did try that squeezed a little bud and it's true there was a bit of lemony fruit or fruitiness that came off of that, and definitely when smoking that in the crafty plus, there was a lot of lemon notes, really, really in a nice high came on with the happy eyes fairly quickly, and then they kind of just settled into really kind of a a euphoric energetic, creative. It was quite a nice high. In fact, at the end of doing the Cultivar Corner, I came back and added some pieces to say that it it did get a bit stronger as time went on a little bit. And uh, I'm really disappointed that that piece of audio just went away. So (laughs) this has been perhaps one of the oddest Cultivar Corners, not because of the cultivar. Lemon Haze from Ritual Green really enjoyed it, really loved the taste of it. Really loved the high. Unfortunately, the audio gremlins decided to play their part in this cultivar corner. So I guess we'll just turn this into a bit of a review then. And all of the notes are there. The buds were nice, nicely structured, really nicely trimmed, lovely aroma on that. In fact, there's still some aroma hanging around in the bag. (laughs) That's always nice. So it didn't quite work out the way I had hoped it did, but I think the end result is the same. It's a pretty good high pretty good taste and a pretty good smoke with lemon haze from Ritual Green. The Canadian government still has no publicly projected launch date for its mandatory review of the country's 2018 recreational cannabis legalization law more than eight months after the reappraisal was due to begin. This is a story from MJ Biz Daily. There's a lot that needs to be done with the legislative review, says Rick Savone, Senior Vice President of Global Government Relations at Alberta-based Aurora Cannabis and chair of the industry group Cannabis Council of Canada. And because that's being held up, very little is getting done from a regulatory or from a legislative perspective. The review, which will result in a report to Parliament, was supposed to begin by October 2021, three years after Canada legalized recreational cannabis. However, it was reported in February that the review had not yet begun. Four months later, Health Canada still will not provide MJBiz Daily with the timeline for when the review would begin. A Health Canada spokesperson reiterated the federal department's previous statement describing the upcoming review as a credible, evidence-driven process. Preparations are underway for the launch of the legislative review, the spokesperson said by email. In the meantime, Canada's legal cannabis industry is waiting for the review to get underway. And even once it starts, it could last as long as 18 months, according to the 2018 cannabis legislation. All the players are waiting to see what happens with the statutory review to be able to make the improvements that are required. I think there's almost a consensus about what needs to be done for the sector, Aurora Savone said. So, we're stuck waiting. And every day we wait, our competitors, especially our global competitors, get better positioned in the market. Canadian cannabis industry players previously told MJ Biz Daily that they want to use the review as a forum to address issues including marketing and advertising restrictions, cannabis edibles potency limits, government regulatory fees, and cannabis excise tax. So still no word on when that review is going to begin? <laughs> There's a lot that needs to be reviewed. Let's hope it starts sometime soon. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. This is the Cannabis Podcast. And we go to maryjane.com for our next story about Woody Harrelson opening his first pot shop and lounge. Woody Harrelson isn't just hitting the trees these days, now he's selling them too. On the luckiest of days, Friday the 13th, Harrelson headlined the ribbon-cutting ceremony for his new pot shop in West Hollywood, The Woods. West Hollywood's mayor, the city's chamber of commerce director, as well as Harrelson's wife, Laura, and his managers also attended. The Woods is a boutique one-stop shop Its partners include fellow celebrities Bill Maher and artist Tom Shoes. Besides selling everything from sun-grown flour to edibles to pipes, the store is also expected to become one of West Hollywood's Emerald Village public consumption lounges where tokers can blaze with other tokers outside of their homes. For a long time, I used to think about, wouldn't it be cool to have a dispensary, your own dispensary, that's just the place you can go, Harrelson said to the Hollywood Reporter prior to the dispensary's grand opening. But then... I never did like the idea that you couldn't consume on-site, as you can in, say, Amsterdam. Later that evening, Harrelson received the 18th annual Emerald Cups Willie Nelson Lifetime Achievement Award for being a dedicated stoner and devoted cannabis activist. Previous recipients include Indica Icons Tommy Chong and, of course, Willie Nelson himself. And in fact, that reminds me, I mentioned Jim at the top of the show, that he had sent me some doobies. Well, Jim also had a great idea. He wants to get a cannabis community going and whether it's a consumption lounge or it's a public space or whatever the case is. And it is a place where we can get together and and congregate, consume some cannabis and and have some conversation. I agree, Jim, it does need to happen. Maybe it's gonna be you or I who's gonna start those. (laughs) Although it's probably not gonna be me. I'm not much of an entrepreneur from that perspective, but I do agree they are necessary. And now Woody Harrelson has opened up what he hopes to be one of the first consumption lounges down in California. Let's hope that someplace in Canada is going to be next. And let me give you a smile to finish the episode today. <laughs> I decided, I guess it was after we had the staff party and uh, Jericho brought the bong, which I hadn't used for a long, long time and kind of got interested again. So i I bought a bong, And then I even went one step further and figured, well, if I've got the bong and I've already got some concentrates, why don't I see if I can get a banger and I can do some dabs on my bong with the new banger. That was the idea. (laughs) As with most of my ideas, sometimes they are stoner-driven and sometimes that means they don't necessarily come to fruition. (laughs) So, I had the bong, nice nine-inch glass bong, really enjoy the way it works picked up the banger, relatively cheap price, got that working, even had a cap. So I'm all set to go, got my, got my concentrates. I think I had some, some THCA diamonds and I think I had some live rosin, both of which were just eager to, to have a taste, got everything all set. And now as the background to this, the last time that I had tried doing a dab, I had picked up some glass uh, on a trip that my wife and I made to Vancouver when my son was living there, the same son who created the Cultivar Corner Jingle. And I had that glass. And I think I told this story one time on the podcast where I was going to use that. I finally decided to get a torch and got that all ready to go. And I'm just about ready to do my first dab in that case. And I dropped the glass on the floor and it just smashed. So I was just left with the torch, which I thought I had filled. (laughs) And now you may know where this story is going. So I got everything lined up. I got this torch that I got some time ago. I gave it a a sample burst. And yeah, she's still ready to go. We're we're good to go. I got fuel. (laughs) And I get my concentrate lined up on my dab tool, all set to go get everything lined up, fire up the torch. I, I did some research on YouTube. I saw somebody who suggested a 30-30. So heat it for 30 seconds, let it cool for 30 seconds, then drop the concentrates in the banger. So I did that. Well, at least I tried doing that. <laughs> I fired up the, the torch, and I've got the stopwatch going, and it's at 10, 12, 30 and at 15 seconds, the torch was done, <laughs> Do you know how disappointing that is when you are all set and eager to give something a try and you finally convince yourself that you're going to do it and you get all the tools in place and one of them just isn't quite ready? (laughs) That's how that one ended up. As always, if there is anything you hear on the Cannabis Podcast that you'd like to comment on, please send a note to info at cannabispodcast.com. If you would like to support the podcast in any way, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash Cannabis Podcast. You can buy me a doobie or you can become a subscriber if you so desire. Thank you so much for being here as a listener. I really appreciate it. That's it for episode 105 of the Cannabis Podcast. Until next time, stay healthy and stay high. From the Cannabis Infused Studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast.